If you're just joining us online now, I'm Pastor Bryce with Green Street Church in Hastings, Michigan. You're joining our worship service in progress. The message today is called, But If Not. And that's based on Daniel chapter 3, which is in your programs. I'm not going to read it all for you to get started because you basically saw the story on video just now, okay? <laughs> but I will reference a few verses, so if you want to follow along online in your Bibles, Daniel chapter 3, or in your programs if you're in-house. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, be with us as we are touched by your holy word. Give us the strength, the courage that we need to say, but if not. Amen. A little background again leading up to this story. About 600 years or so before the time of Jesus, Many of the Jewish people were exiled in Babylon. Many of them were enslaved, not treated very well. Daniel and his friends, his Hebrew friends, whose names were changed to Chaldean names. This area of Babylon was the area of Chaldea. And their names were changed from Hebrew names to Chaldean names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And at the time, this was a pagan area. They worshipped idols. They worshipped other gods. Interestingly enough, most of the Chaldeans today are Christian people. Did you know that? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the witness way back here in this story of Daniel led to that. But this area, which is in modern-day Iraq, many of those people have migrated to this country. In fact, uh, they have a very interesting Christian faith, the Chaldeans. It's kind of a cross between Catholicism and Orthodoxy. They're Catholic in every respect of the word, except for the fact they have patriarchs like the Orthodox churches do. And there are 12 such churches in the Detroit metro area. So there are many modern-day Chaldeans who live in the Detroit area. But this was a pagan region at the time. And the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, you met him on the video, was a king with, who ruled with an iron fist. If he made an order, he expected you to obey it. And he said that if he played the music, you had to bow down and worship his golden idol. And if you didn't, you were in trouble. Verse 14 in your program and in your Bibles, of course. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and you do not worship the golden statue that I've set up? And if you're ready when you hear the music, the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, boy, they had quite a praise band, didn't they? And the entire musical ensemble... If you're ready to fall down and worship the statue, well, that's well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? <laughs> so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this manner. In other words, we don't need to justify the God of Israel to you. But if our God delivers us, 
let him deliver us, so be it. But if not, that's verse 18, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. We will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. But if not, even if we're thrown into that blazing fiery furnace, we will not worship your gods. How many of us would have the courage to say that? To stand by our faith, even if it costs us dearly, even if God chooses not to save us from the calamity, but if not. You know, this passage tells me that there is an if kind of faith, and there is an if not kind of faith. <laughs> what I mean by that is many of us have, have pretty good if faiths, don't we? But if not faith, well, not so well. We're not so good at that. We're, we're pretty faithful if God is good to us. If God answers our prayers, if God blesses us, it's kind of a quid pro quo, pro quo kind of faith, easy for me to say. You're good to me, God, so I'll be good to you. We're good at that if kind of faith. We even bargain with God if we need something really badly, if we're in some really serious situation, we pray, if God, you will cure me of this or fix this or whatever, then I will serve you like I should. Then I will worship you every Sunday. Then I will give a tenth of my income. If, if, if you do these things, then I will serve you. And often when God does answer our prayers, it seems we often quickly go back to practicing that lackadaisical, self-serving, if faith again because that's the only faith we know we didn't know that there was a better kind of faith the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego tells us that there is a better faith than that most of us are pretty darn good at that if kind of faith but that if not faith it's rare those folks who are willing to worship God and serve God, even if God does not bless them, well, they are few and far between. The scripture has a few great examples of those few folks who are willing to practice that if not faith. Job, of course, is that classic example. God speaking to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan challenged God and said, if I take everything that you have given Job away, he's not going to worship you. And so God allows this to happen. Job loses everything. And Job's wife, being the caring, supporting woman that she is, says Job cursed at God and die. <laughs> Just curse God and die. Job says, no, shall we accept the good that God gives us and not accept the bad? <laughs> the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord ever be praised. Wow. That's a great if not kind of faith, isn't it? 
Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying to God. He says, my father, if, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go to the cross. But if not, <laughs> your will be done. If not. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young Jewish boys in exile, said, but if not, be it be known to you, O king, we will not serve your gods. We will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. You know, we could say that these young men were some of the first people to practice civil disobedience. <laughs> and that's the refusal to abide by some order of the king or government or whoever. Based on your commitment to faith, based on your own conscience. Because there are times when human law gets out of whack with divine law, doesn't it? And a truly moral person can't obey a law that's out of whack with their conscience, can they? Praise God that there have been those in every age and every time who chose not to be obedient to the law, to a king, to a ruler, to a government in order to be obedient to God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three of those. They weren't the first people to practice this, nor the last to do something that was illegal, <laughs> to be obedient to God. And let us never forget that everything that Hitler did in Germany was legal. Everything he did in Germany was legal, including exterminating the Jews, throwing them into that fiery furnace at Auschwitz. Matthew's going to visit Auschwitz in a few weeks, by the way. Still, even under that repressive rule, there were those good and moral people who stood against that at great personal risk, at great personal harm to aid the Jews, to hide them. People who chose to go against the law because their consciences wouldn't allow them to obey the law. And even in this very age we live in, know that everything that Putin does is legal. Certainly in Russia and even in Ukraine from his perspective, because Ukraine is part of Russia from his perspective. So this story, this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's not the first time that people have stood against the law and chosen to serve God over the law, nor will it be the last time when our human laws somehow get out of whack with divine law. You may even at some point in your life feel that you gotta break the law because of your conscience. I've been there a time or two in my life. It's a hard thing to struggle with, don't get me wrong. I mean, we like to be law-abiding people, don't we? But while you, you might find yourself in a situation when your conscience just has to overrule what the law says, 
You may find yourself in that situation. And no, you can't use this principle to justify your habitual speeding. <laughs> well, know that there's been many good people. You're in good company if you find yourself there. Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Jesus, the early martyrs of the church, the modern martyrs of the church, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow to evil, even though they knew it was illegal and they knew it could cost them. Now, I don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ever doubted the power of God to save them. They knew God had the power to save them. But if not, if God didn't deliver them, they still wouldn't bow. Oh, we should all strive for a faith like that, shouldn't we? I wish we all had a faith like that. I wish I had a faith like that. We need a faith that is so motivating, so eternally worthwhile that we will never give it up. A faith that will cause us to say, I know God's able to deliver, but if not, I'm going to stand up for what for my faith and for what is right anyways, I will still do the right thing. Not for some reward, not to avoid hell, not to go to heaven. That's an if faith. But I will do what is right because it's the right thing to do. I will be just because it's right to be just. And you know, when you grasp that kind of faith in your life, you know you must do it you can't help it, it grabs a hold of you, you feel it in your heart, you're compelled to do it, even if it's illegal, even if it could cost you, because your faith is so important that you're even willing to die for it. And if you have not yet found a faith you're willing to die for, then I might submit to you that you don't have a faith worth living for. And your funeral notice it's really just going to be a post-announcement of your death that already occurred many years earlier. Because you felt it in your heart. You were cast to be that hero, but you were afraid to play that part. Martin Luther King Jr. used this passage to try to motivate people in the church to righteous civil disobedience. During the civil rights movement. He said, if you're afraid to lose your job, if you're afraid to be criticized, if you're afraid that your house might be bombed, if you're afraid that you're going to be beaten, if you're afraid to die, you may live to age 90, but you're already dead. You're already dead. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were alive as anybody could be alive. They simply refused to bow down when the music played. Would it have been so hard for them, so bad if they had? I mean, why did they have to make such a big deal about it? They could go through the motions of bowing to the statue while still maintaining their own belief. We all do that, don't we? I mean, we, we don't agree with everything in our culture. We bow down, so to speak, to get through life without creating a ruckus. 
It's easier just to blend in. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down when they heard that music being played. This was just too much to worship the graven image. This was the straw that broke their back. They refused to go along. This was that important line in the sand for them. But luckily, we don't have anything like this today, do we? Do we bow down when we hear the music, so to speak? Sometimes literally. Sometimes I, I hear a song or something that is so raunchy. Now, I'm not a prude by any means, but it is so racist or sexist or drug-oriented or even including rape. It's incredible what you can hear. What will it take for us to refuse to bow down? What will it take to refuse to listen? What is that line in the sand that we're not willing to cross because of our faith, because of our conscience? We used to have satellite TV at my house many years ago, about 20 years ago, when Matthew was a little tight. And some of it was good, and there's days I wish I had some of those channels. Some of it was good stuff, but there was a whole lot of bad stuff on there. And we decided we don't need that. We took it out. You see, that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gives us a glimpse into the choices we all must make regarding how we're going to live out our faith in the places, in the situations that are not easy. They could have accepted the religion of that king as equal or superior even, when in Rome do as the Romans do, but they didn't do that. They could have gone through the motions of bowing to the statue while still maintaining their own faith. They didn't do that. They could have organized a rebellion against the oppressive religious practice. They didn't do that. They chose none of those things. Instead, they decide to become living witnesses. There was no people on earth who were more alive than they were. Living witnesses to what they believed. Offering their bodies as martyrs, as living sacrifices. Regardless of whether God chose to save them or not. And notice that God didn't deliver them from the fire. God delivered them through the fire. While in the fire, God was with them. From the lines of the song we're going to sing in just a few moments, the three were cast in, the king rose up, the witness their awful fate. He began to tremble at what he saw. In astonished tones he spake, Did we not cast three men unbound? Bound, rather into the midst of the fire. But what I see is four men unheard, unbound, walking down there. I see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery coals. They trod, but the form of the fourth man in the fire was like the Son of God, Daniel says. Now at the time this story was written, they didn't know who Jesus was. They were expecting, they were anticipating the Messiah and the Son of God. 
And it said the vision looked like the Son of God. We Christians, of course, see that as Jesus was with them. So if you live your if-not faith, if you make the right choices, because they're right, as hard as they may be, God will be with you in the fire. Let us pray. God of the fiery flames, grant us that we will never bow before the gods of evil. Give us faith to withstand anything that rages to deter us from following you. And give us an if not faith instead of an if faith. We ask all this in Christ's holy name. Amen. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free? There is a cross that bears the burden, but another's died for me. There is another in the fire.
Help me benedict you all by singing this benediction. You know, there was a there was a there was a fire theme to the last three uh, songs. Love like your heart is on fire. Love like your heart is on fire. Live like your dreams all are true. Do what you can for each other. Remembering what he's done for you. Remembering what he's done for you. Go in Christ's peace. Christ goes with you. Amen.